Do I want you? Do I want you? Do I want you for what you can do for me? Do I want you? Do I want you? Do I want you for what you can do for me? Wow, wow, wow. Is that a devotional expression or what? Welcome, everybody, once again to Atma Vision. My name is Cyril War, also known as Chandra, Chandrasekhar. And if you're here for the first time, we discuss the, the world. We discuss our own lives. We discuss, we perceive the world. We have this Atma vision by which, or we try to have this Atma vision by which we see the world through the lens of the uh, most famous sacred scriptures of the Krishna Bhakti tradition, uh, namely the Bhagavad Gita, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and other perhaps less famous but still ultra-important sacred texts for those who practice bhakti yoga. What you just heard here is one of uh, one of my favorite uh, songs in in the modern Christian repertoire of uh, of contemporary you know Christian rock music. Um, a song called "Believe," right, and the author is called Blessing Ofor. And what I just played you is the break where he's asking God, like, do I love you? Do I serve you for what you can do for me? And then, as you'll see a little bit later, he says, well, I don't know. I don't know. But what I want is believe. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe in you. And so the reason why I want to talk about this song is because I find that it has an extreme um, resemblance to... Uh, one of the principal themes of the Krishna Bhakti tradition, as enunciated by uh, Lord Chaitanya, many of you who probably have heard of him, Lord Chaitanya considered to be Krishna or God himself, who appeared in 1486 um, to start or to to reinaugurate the um, this devotional Renaissance that we that historians have noted. Um, in the 16th century, basically, and um, moving forward through the centuries up to um, the coming to the West of, um, of an extremely important historical personality called Srila Prabhupada, who in 1966 basically exported the culture of kirtan, of chanting uh, names of God in the monotheistic, you know, Krishna tradition all over the planet, all over the planet. And so one of, the, one of the main themes of this tradition is this idea of selfless love, of selfless service, of wanting to serve God for no personal selfish motive. Um, there's different expressions of that, and of course not only in the Vaishnav tradition, but certainly in the, in the Christian tradition as well, as we can see in this song. Um, but one particular verse comes to mind, and that is the verse from uh, Lord Chaitanya's famous eight prayers called the Shikshashtakam, in which in verse 4... Uh, Lord Chaitanya uh, pronounces this notion of selfless love, of selfless service to God in a, um, in a most beautiful way where he, uh, he says, My Lord, I have no desire to accumulate wealth, nor do I desire a beautiful woman, nor do I want any number of followers. I only want your service. I only want your causeless devotional service. And then he adds something that you don't see in the Christian tradition, Mama Janmani Janmani Shvare, like life after life. Now, I don't even want to go back to heaven or to the kingdom of God when I die. Like, I, if I have to serve you, if I can, if I can serve you, life after life. In other words, you know, incarnation after incarnation. That's what I want. As long as I can serve you, right? So let's listen to this song a little bit more. Um, 
We'll look at the first verse, uh, which I'll break down right now in terms of the lyrics. And we'll go to the second verse, and then we'll hit the chorus and, and also this, this, uh, this break, which we just saw at the very, very beginning. All right? So in, in verse 1, Blessing 04 is being sarcastic. And he's speaking to God, and he's saying this. He's saying, so you catch me when I fall, right? And you hear me when I call crying. And you fix me when I'm, when I'm broke, right? And that's all I need to know. So the storm is going to break, right? And the sun is going to start shining. And everything is going to be, is every, everything is going to go right. And that's all I need to know. In other words, he's saying, he's basically criticizing selfish service to God. Selfish service to God. In other words, he's criticizing the idea that, that hey, if you know, if you serve God, then God has a responsibility to make your life, you know, a bed of roses, right? Um, Prabhupada, the founder of the Hare Krishna movement, we talk about, you know, make God your order carrier, right? Um, now, this is not to say that God would, you know, it, it would not provide what's required or would not make your, you know, some beautiful arrangements in your life. He does, and that's a point. Uh, in, in, in the Christian tradition, it's that idea is certainly strong and and in the bhagavad gita uh, krishna or god um clearly says at least in two places that you know for those who are serving me i preserve what they have and i provide what they need right um and we have we have stories of like sudama brahmana for example this poor poor brahman who like didn't want anything he was so extreme in his devotion to krishna and even though he was externally really really poor and even though his wife was like come on you know krishna is your old friend why don't you ask him because you know in the krishna bhakti tradition the idea is that god himself has come down to this earth and therefore he has according to the bhagavatam's authority he he walked on this earth and he had you know interactions with others kind of like a jesus christ you know who, who is believed to be non-different from god like he's he's man but he's god at the same time so you know when he's god then i guess he walked the earth so similarly krishna is believed to um to have you know been fully um on planet earth and have having and have and <laughs> believe that he's had he had interactions with with souls on planet earth including one called sudama brahmana who um came back home after being convinced to go ask Krishna for some, you know, for some help financially. He comes back home and he sees that his entire house, his little mud hut has been transformed into a palace. And, you know, his wife is all of a sudden like super opulently dressed and there's servants. And, you know, he's got all this, like he's become a multi-billionaire basically by the grace of God. So, so the, the idea that God actually does help materially, does help our material life is certainly there. Um, in the in the devotional traditions, at least the Christian and the Vaishnava tradition. But from the point of view of the worshiper, from the point of view of the worshiper, a better standard or higher standard is like to just say, you know what, I don't, you know, if I become rich, great. If I don't become rich, great. If I, you know, if I'm really healthy, great. If I'm not healthy, great. If I have a great marriage, great. If I don't have a great marriage, great. Like, I just want to serve. I just want to serve. I give my, you know, my life is in your hands, my Lord. I may have some karma to burn. You may, you know, change my karma or you may keep it as you like it's you know my my life is in your hands right and so here the the author is making fun of that idea that you know of this sort of materialistically motivated religion like yeah i'll worship god you know but you know i'm gonna get i'm gonna get goodies you know in return and that's the reason why i serve god is just to get those material benefits let's let's listen to part 
of the first verse together. So you catch me when I fall, right? And you hear me when I call crying. And you fix me when I'm broke, right? And that's all I need to know. So the storm is gonna break, right? And the sun is gonna start shining. And everything is gonna go right. And that's all I need to know. So now he breaks into a question. He's like, well, wait a second, but what if, what if you know something that I don't? And what if you will, in, in other words, what if you want something in my life that I don't? You know, what if you know something I don't? And what if you will something I won't? In other words, what if you want something for me and my life that I don't want, right? That's the question. And a lot of times, you know, we're like, you know, we have a whole list of demands from God, but what if God has a different plan for you, for you and for me, right? And then he asks this question before going into the chorus. He says, this is, this is so fantastic. Listen to this. He goes, he goes, he asks this question. He says, um, if you don't give me what I want, but you give me what I need, is that enough to believe, believe, believe? believe in your love will i still believe 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 in your love in other words he's implying that look god will take care of you he will take care of your needs for sure and is that enough you know if god doesn't give me what i want you know the new car or the beautiful wife or you know the the, the fame or the the career break or you know whatever a, a better health like if he doesn't give me those things but he gives me what I need. Is that enough to believe, believe, believe in your love? Is that enough to believe? Let's, li let's listen to this. What if you know something I don't? What if you will something I won't? If you don't give me what I want, but you give me what I need, is that enough to believe, believe, believe? So that's the question, right? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. <laughs> is my faith based on what I get material, materially from God or is my faith based on love, you know, regardless of what I get materially from God, right? And again, you notice this coming back to this fourth verse from Lord Chaitanya where he says, you know, I'll spare you the Sanskrit. The translation is, oh, almighty Lord, I have almighty Lord, which implies, you know, he can give anything he wants. Oh, Almighty Lord, I have no desire to accumulate wealth, nor do I desire a beautiful woman, nor do I want a, num a number, of, number of followers. Now, in context, he's speaking as a monk, as a sannyasi, so that's why he's saying, I don't want any woman. But it doesn't mean that, you know, a man can't get married and become a pure lover of God while being married, and vice versa. It doesn't mean that, you know, a woman has to become a nun and can't get married and, and can't become a pure lover of God within marriage. As a matter of fact, in the history of, of all theistic traditions, and, and Vaishnavism certainly not being an exception, you know, the 99%, we could say, of, of, um, of practitioners and those who have, we could say, achieved success in Krishna or God consciousness, uh, did it from the platform of, of marriage, of a, you know, of, of, of a family life. But speaking from the point of view of a, of a, of a renounced monk, and for us to accept the principle behind it, right, 
um, starting with, for example, being loyal to one's <laughs> wedded wife or wedded husband. Um, he says, I have no desire to accumulate wealth, nor do I desire a beautiful woman, nor do I want any, any number of followers. Right? I only want your causeless devotional service. In other words, I only want your mercy, your service, the opportunity, the golden privilege to, uh, to be able to serve you selflessly. Right. So now let's look at the second verse. The second verse sort of repeats the same thing as the first one, right? He, he goes into his sort of sarcastic mode, and, and he says, right, um, so nothing's ever going wrong, right? And every day I'm going to be smiling, uh, turned my water into good wine, and let the good times roll, right? In other words, now I'm a Christian, or now I'm a devotee of Krishna. Now I believe in God, so nothing's ever going to go wrong, right? Because, you know, God's there to take care of my, you know, to make my life happy here in this world. And every day I'm going to be, every day I'm going to be smiling and he turned, you know, God turned my water into good wine. Of course, you know, we don't drink wine, but <laughs> I can, this is a, a biblical analogy here and, and let the good times roll. Like, okay, man, I got Jesus now, or I've got Krishna and I can enjoy, right? Well, maybe, but maybe not. And that's why he goes into the pre-chorus again, where he says, but what if you know something I don't, you know? And what if you will something I won't? And he asks this important question again. But if but if you give me what I want, if you don't give me what I want, but you give me what I need, is that enough? Is that enough to believe, 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 believe in your love, believe, believe, believe in your love? Let's listen to it. He says specifically, O best among the Bharatas, this is Bhagavad Gita 7.16, four kinds of pious people engage in my devotion or my service, um, right? And, and who are those people? Um, they render service to me. The distressed, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and he who is searching for knowledge of the absolute truth, right? So, you know, we're, we're a mixed bag. Some of us approach, you know, God simply and only because of, you know, searching for knowledge of the absolute, you know, without showing off. I think I was a little bit, a little bit in that category, but I certainly was suffering. I was distressed, right? So it's like, okay, I'll worship God because, you know, my material distress will go away. And it does go away. I mean, in, in the Nectar of Devotion, which is the summary study of a famous seminal work called the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, written by Rupa Goswami, who was one of the you know, apostles of Lord Chaitanya who established, you know, the, the theological foundation, scriptural foundation of the of the contemporary Krishna Bhakti tradition. He, you know, he claims based on, you know, scripture that that devotional service or bhakti, pure bhakti, destroys material suffering, gives relief from material suffering. So it does, right? But what's again, what's the worshiper's point of view? What's the worshiper's motivation? Right? Is it selfless or is it, you know what? I'll worship you, but I want a lot of money. I want beautiful women, and I want, you know, a lot of followers. I want fame. <laughs> or is it the opposite? 
And so what's great about this song is that he's being honest. And, and you know, you should be honest, too. You should be honest, too. So listen, listen to how he, he asks this sort of rhetorical question. And then it's so beautiful how he breaks into the, the last chorus. You know, I don't know, but all I want is to believe, believe, believe. Listen to this. Do I want you? Do I want you? Do I want you or what you can do for me? Do I love you? Do I love you? Do I love you or what you can do for me? Sometimes I don't know, but all I want You notice how he said, I do, I do, you know? So he's asking that question, you know, do, 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 do I still believe? I do, I do. He's asserting it. He's asserting it. it it's really powerful. So we should, you know, when I say we, I'm talking, you know, any theistic person out there, any man or woman who actually believes in a personal God, right? Who believes that God's a person, um, including, of course, the Krishna Bhaktas who believe that Krishna's God. We should, you know, revisit our motivation and, and, and pray to God that we can just simply be satisfied with whatever comes, you know, out of his kindness um, out of his kind sanction to us, and we can just continue serving him, chanting his holy name, reading scripture about him, you know, worshiping him. If we have like three-dimensional, you know, images or deities of, of God, you know, offering candles to, a, I don't know, to a crucifix, if that's your thing, or, you know, offering food to Krishna, you know, continuing to love and serve God, right? And maybe tell others about God, give a donation to those who are, you know, spreading teachings of God, without any desire for remuneration you know believing that god will provide we should we should believe that god will make our life a much better experience than if it was if it if we were not worshiping god but from our side we should keep our pure devotion like hey i just want to serve you and love you including including you know not desiring to be freed from the cycle of birth and death even though Krishna himself promises, you know, in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, one who worships me upon leaving the body does not take birth in this material world again, but attains my eternal abode. So from, from God's side, he's like, look, I got your back. I got your back. In this life, I'll take care of you. And when you die, you're not taking birth again. You're going back to me, right? From our side, we should be, you know what, my Lord? I don't want anything material from you. I, we just want to serve you. We just want to have pure devotion to you. And then, as we say in French, like, you know, thy will be done. After death, if you want us to come back again, fine. If you want us, if you want to take us back to your kingdom, fine. As long as we can just serve. So we should keep that treasure of bhakti, which we just described here, in the core of our heart, at the core of our consciousness, moving on in our life. So, once again, thank you very much. Um, and uh, I guess uh, see you next time. Oops, sorry. That was the wrong fade out. <laughs> Please forgive me. I'm working out the kinks on um on this new software I have and hardware, but here's here's what I wanted to play. Oh, I